Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Hey everyone, it's really great to welcome you again. This is the 10th week, can you believe it, of Church Online. And I trust that if you're tuning in for the very first time that uh, God would come close and you'd receive a word that would encourage you and inspire you. And for everybody that's listening today, you would be filled with hope. Before I really launch in and dive in, I just want to say, as always, a big shout out. Remember, we are one church in six locations. So come on, get ready to Belper. You know the form now. Come on, big shout out. And now to Ilkeston. Come on, wonderful, you Ilkeston people. Now to the Hub. We love the fact that the Hub is there. And uh, now to Mansfield, I love Mansfield. And now to Nottingham, in that great city that we're pioneering, there's people who are online from there, wonderful, we welcome you. And to Toulouse, we save the best till last, Patrick and Lucille, who are our campus pastors over there, and we love you, and we just can't wait to see you again very, very soon. And also one group, we want to say a big welcome to you onlineers. This has become your church for these last 10 weeks and we welcome you and we look forward to very, very soon be able to welcome you with uh, live and with open arms and uh, we look forward to seeing everybody real, real soon. The, the stories, the jokes have created quite a stir, so I've got another one, and thanks for those who are now sending them to me. I love that, and uh, I think it's because you want them to improve. But anyway, I've got one this morning. There was one Sunday morning, Pastor Smith, and he noticed little Tommy, who was staring at a large plaque in the foyer of the church that was hung there. And the plaque listed scores of people by name. Tommy had been staring at the plaque for some time and the pastor walked up to him and stood beside him and said quietly, good morning, Tommy. Oh, good morning, Pastor Smith, replied Tommy, who was still looking at the plaque. What are these? As he pointed to the plaque. Well, Tommy, it's a memorial to all the men and women who have died in the service. Soberly. They stood together, staring at the large plaque. Then after a short pause, little Tommy looked up and said, which one, Pastor Smith, the nine o'clock or the 10.30 service? I don't know about Quay for it, have you got it? I don't know about you, but I find that real, real funny. And why I find it funny as well, because that is, you know, pretty much like a lot of churches up and down the nation. But I just want to say to you today that Arena Church is full of life, full of energy, full of loudness. And by the way, we don't do boring. Tap the neighbour at the side of you and say, Arena Church, do not do boring. Type on the screen, Arena Church, do not do boring. I really thank God that we have a church that really is full of different kinds of people that makes it not boring. And it's great that we've been able to, over these last 10 weeks, worship together. And I want to declare over the broadcast at the very beginning that He, he is, He truly is the God of miracles. And today, if you need a miracle, just stay the course of this message, really believing that God is going to come close to people. I've been praying over this message, praying that God would use this message to impact you who are listening today. 
You see, we're in a series called Unsung Heroes. We started it last week. If you missed that uh, particular uh, day, I'd encourage you to go onto YouTube, subscribe there, and you can see all the videos that we've been doing over these last few weeks. Just as a way of introduction, Unsung Heroes, what we're talking about is not some superhuman quality that oftentimes we have when we think of a hero. We think of brilliance, we think of talent, we think of personality or even charisma. The headline verse for this series, Unsung Heroes, is found in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 26 through to 31. I want to read it from a contemporary version of the Bible. And as always, if you'd like a Bible, please tap on the screen. We can send one to you if you give us your contact details. Or alternatively, the easiest way is to just download the Version app. It'll come on the screen now and you'll be able to download that and read the Bible for yourself. But 1 Corinthians 1, verse 26 to 31, this is what it says. Take a good look, friends, at who you were when you got called into this life, this Christian life. I don't see many of the brightest and the best among you. Not many influential, not many from high society families. Isn't it obvious that God deliberately chose men and women that the culture overlooks and exploits and abuses. He chooses these nobodies to expose the hollow pretensions of the somebodies. Powerful verses that really identify that God came to choose all people, but he came to choose, he came to um, seek those out who were nobodies. You know, God chooses and God uses the nobodies. Type on the screen. God uses and chooses the nobodies. He really does. These are the normal, unseen, average kind of people. If you're on the broadcast today and that's how you feel, to be honest with you, that's how I feel about my life. There's nothing spectacular about my life. I'm very blessed with a wonderful wife and family and great friends and God's been good to us, but I'm just a normal bloke, just an average kind of bloke. But you see, God uses those kinds of people and we all can be unsung heroes. Some people don't believe there could ever be a hero. I want to speak to that dad with his kids who's struggling, or that mom in the home in lockdown, you're tearing your hair around, you're thinking, wow, I, I'm really struggling with, it, with, with the kiddies. I really believe that you can be a hero to your kids. Those grandparents, you can be a hero to, to those grandbabies. You really can. And it's never too late. It's never too late. So this is a series for everybody. It really is. Now, last week, we identified four things Because in the coming weeks, we're going to take a character. In a moment, I'm going to introduce the character to you. But last week, I just identified four things that every one of these characters that we're going to be talking about, they all had to do. You remember? They had to frustrate their problems. You've got to overcome your problems. Two, you've got to find your purpose. Everybody has a purpose. And we want to help you to find it. Thirdly, you've got to fuel your passion. You've got to keep it fueled. And fourthly, you've got to fulfill your potential. I said about unseen heroes, they don't just fulfill their potential, they often exceed their potential. Phil Pye, our teaching pastor, shared a quote with me recently. I loved it. This is what it says. Some of the greatest, 
most godly ministries and servants are invisible in our media-driven, self-congratulatory world. Quietly, they lead holy lives of service and kindness, never seeking accolade or headline. Look for them. They are treasures in a cheap world. I had this phrase and I want you to just, uh, you know, connect with it again. We must quit celebrating celebrities, but may we celebrate hero qualities that never fade. And this is what we're speaking into. You see, we've used this phrase, unsung heroes. We're clapping people on Thursday with the NHS, and rightly so. We clap our key workers, our military, the services that are keeping the country going in this very difficult time. They are unsung heroes. Unknown, you know, often unnamed, but they are unsung heroes. And there are people in the Bible that I think we would do well to just lean into a little bit more and dig around a little bit and find out a bit more about them. And one particular character is by the name of Esther. She, she is the one we're going to look at today. And I'm going to give you a bit of an understanding for those who possibly don't know anything about Esther. And we're going to look at a couple of qualities that I think will be helpful to us. Now, we know her name. And she was actually a queen. So you could say, well, was she really unsung? Well, I think it's worthy of a look because there are qualities that she lived with that I think everybody can identify with. Now, interestingly, Esther is the only book in the Bible not to mention the name of God. Quite fascinating. You've got this book, nine chapters in the middle of the Bible that never mentions the name of God. But this is not to say that God was absent. You see, God's presence permeated through much of the story. It's as though he were behind the scenes coordinating coincidences and circumstances to make his will happen. Someone once said, coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. Now, what's the big idea of this book, Esther? Let me just identify a few things first of all we see the sovereignty and faithfulness of God and it permeates through every scene of Esther the book says to us that nothing is truly coincidental it also says when events seem out of control for Esther and Mordecai I'll come to those in a moment you know the king was dictating the ruin of a people, of a, of a nation, the Jews, because there was another guy, Haman, who was plotting and he wanted to annihilate the Jews. So in the midst of that, what evil was trying to do, God was at work. You see, God is always working, even in the dark days. Listen to me very carefully. Dark days test you, they reveal you, they strengthen you, but they don't have to defeat you. And unsung heroes know both good and bad days. And they trust God in whatever season they are in. Type that in. You know, unsung heroes know both good and bad days and they trust God. Just type trust God in whatever season they are in. They understand that God is at work behind the scenes. 
and he's moving people's hearts and minds. You know, when life doesn't make sense, I mean, it could almost seem like God is absent. I want to tell you that God is sovereign and he is at work. I love that song that we sing on our broadcast, that he's the way maker. Because he is the promise keeper. He's the light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. That is who you are. And this is what we see in the story of Esther. So for those who are unfamiliar with this story, let me just take you quickly, in a minute. Go on, put me on the clock. Nine chapters. The plot consists of a king, Xerxes. He was a powerful ruler. There was Haman, who was an advisor, second in command to the king, and he was corrupt. And he was a hater of the Jews. And there was reasons why in his background that he hated them so much. And he, he, he actually announced an edict and a decree that all the Jews were to be destroyed. But there was Esther. And she was the unsung hero. She was the Jewish girl. She was orphaned. And the Bible records that she was very beautiful and very attractive. And she was taken into King Xerxes' harem. And the person who raised Esther, he's still with me, was her uncle. He was called Mordecai, a Jewish man who was upright and he brought her up. Now into this story, we see God at work. This is a crucial point that I want to take us to because at this point, we are now in the pages. I want to in a moment read from Esther 4. And basically what has happened now is we have the edict that has been announced by Haman, who says, I'm going to destroy all the Jews. Esther is in the palace, in the king's harem. King Xerxes is this powerful king, and Mordecai is in distress because he recognises that his whole Jewish nation could be destroyed as a result of this edict. And into this, we see these verses, Esther 4, because Mordecai sends a message to Esther. Let's pick up the story. Esther 4 verses 9 through to 14 and then we'll read following on 15 and 16. Hafak, I think that's how you pronounce it, one of the king's servers, he was a eunuch to the king, came back and told Esther everything Mordecai had said. Now Esther talked it over with Hafak and then sent him back to Mordecai with this message. Everyone who works for the king here and even the people out in the provinces knows that there is a single fate for every man or woman who approaches the king without being invited. Death. Let me just stop there for a moment. What basically is happening is Mordecai is encouraging Esther in the palace to speak up to the king. And she says, if I do that, there could be death that comes to my life. But then she goes on to say, there is one exception. And this is if the king extends his golden scepter, then he or she who goes to the king may live. And it's been 30 days now since I've been invited to come to the king. Verse 12. When Hathak told Mordecai what Esther had said back, 
Mordecai sent her this message. There was another message that came back. Don't think that just because you live in the king's house, you're the one Jew who will get out of this alive. If you persist in staying silent at this time, like this, help and deliverance will arrive from, for the Jews from someplace else. But you and your family will be wiped out. And then he makes this remarkable statement. Who knows, Esther? Maybe you were made queen for such a time as this. I want to repeat that again because I love these verses. Who knows, Queen Esther? Maybe you were made queen for such a time as this. Verse 15 and 16. Esther sent back her answer. It's like ping pong, isn't it? They're <laughs> going back and forth. She sent this answer back to Mordecai. And this is what she says to her uncle. Go and get all the Jews living in Susa together. Fast for me. Don't eat or drink for three days, either day or night. I and my maids will fast with you. And if you will do this, get this, I will go to the king, even though it's forbidden. And if I die, I die. Wow, what a story. I'd encourage you, it'll take you about an hour to read it carefully, the story of Esther, nine chapters. What a remarkable book. What a remarkable woman. What a remarkable unsung hero that we're gonna look at today. And there's two particular profound and simple truths that I want you to know today about this unsung hero. We're gonna take the first one. We're not gonna spend mega long on it, but the second one I wanna take a bit longer. And this is the first thing I wanna say from this story. Divine moments alter circumstances. Divine moments alter circumstances. You see, there was the threat of the decimation and the annihilation of a whole Jewish nation. And of course, we saw that in the last century that's just gone. But the truth is this, in this story, every day is holy and special. So we talk about divine moments, but let me just for a moment say that every day is a gift from God. Every day is special. As you're out in the garden with the kiddies, making some noise, let me just tell you, that day is special. When you're in your office, that day is special. When you're on the road, that day is special. Whatever you find yourself in, let me tell you, every day is a gift from God. Oh, how we mumble and groan about our days. And I'm challenged by this. We need to see every day as a glorious gift from God. The Bible tells us to number our days. And by the way, you can't extend your days and you can't lessen your days. They're all numbered by our Lord. But the other thing to note about our days is there are special moments, divine moments. There are seize the day kind of moments. When God steps in, when turnarounds happen, when suddenlies occur and you're on the broadcast today, you need a suddenly, you need a turnaround, you need God to break in. I want to tell you, believe for that. 
in the midst of where you're at. Believe for a turnaround. We're believing across the world for a turnaround of a vaccine. We're believing that our economy will turn around. We're believing that people will no longer die, but they will live. I'm believing, I'm still believing for a seize the moment kind of day. And we see them littered through the Scriptures. Quickly, Bartimaeus, blind man, heard that Jesus was passing through. He shouted at the top of his voice, Son of David, that was another phrase for Jesus, have mercy on me. People tell him to be quiet, but this was his moment. And if you are in crisis today, why don't you cry out to God? God will hear your cry. And it could be today that you seize your divine moment. There was a woman with the issue of blood and which was a taboo subject. She constantly bled for 12 years. Nobody could help her. And as she went through the crowd on her knees, she touched the hem of his garment. Church, she reached out to God. Oh my goodness, if you're in crisis today again, I want to tell you, the only place that we need to go to is Jesus, is God. He is a good Father. And as she reached out, (laughs) a miracle occurred. Turnarounds. Suddenness. My mind goes to a couple, I won't mention them by name. Even this year before lockdown, they came on the 2nd of February in crisis, still navigating crisis, still navigating difficulty. But in that moment, they both responded to Jesus and they asked Jesus to be Lord of their life. The mess is still there. The difficulties and challenges are still there. They still feel beaten up, but it was a divine moment. And in that moment, God came close. In fact, their statement to me was, the man's statement was, well, what now do I do? What's my next step? It was a divine moment. And today is the day of salvation. I always say it and I leave it to the end and I'll give the response at the end. But today is the day of salvation. If you've never put your trust in Jesus, I want to encourage you to do that. Please, Today is the day. Don't wait till tomorrow or next week or when we come out of this. And if you have made a response to follow Jesus on these broadcasts and you've been following following us along the way, I want to tell you, don't draw back from it. Lean into God. Because divine, divine moments alter circumstances. And this was the truth of Esther. But secondly, and this is really important, her beauty may have opened the door, but it was her bravery that changed everything. Her beauty opened the door, but it was her bravery that changed everything. Now, we can't help how we look. You're all looking at me today. I can't help how I look. Well, some of you could say you could. You could lose a few pounds. Well, that's true. That's very true. And I could dye a bit of hair. I've had a few comments about my hair going a bit grey. That's true. And you could have plastic surgery. I'm not about to go that far, guys. Okay, that's true. But fundamentally, you understand what I mean. You can't change how you look. The size of you, you just can't change it. And the Bible actually says we're fearfully and wonderfully made. You need to get that, some of you. You are precious in the sight of the God. He thinks you're gorgeous. He thinks you're precious. Some of you don't believe that. Some of you ladies don't believe that. You're precious in the sight of God. But back to the story. You see, the reason why I say this is, you know, her beauty may have opened the door, but it's the bravery that changed everything because Esther was beautiful. The Bible records. It actually says she was beautiful and she was attractive. I don't want to be crude here. She was a looker. You would have gone, wow. 
She's amazing. In fact, artists have depicted her, tried to imagine what she was like over the centuries. Proverbs 31 verse 30 says this though, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. And this is my point. You see, Esther, she may have had great beauty and that opened the door, but it was her bravery. It was her trusting God. It was a fear of God that caused the breakthrough. Now, many people get focused on the beauty, but it was her bravery that was the standout in this story. And this is the point. We may all not be beautiful and attractive, but we can all be brave. And we choose to be brave. Emerson said, a hero is no braver than an ordinary man. He's just brave five minutes longer. Bravery is not about the size or strength of you, but I always believe it to be, it's about what you're convinced about. Because what you're convinced about will form the convictions at your core. What you are convinced about will form the convictions at your core. And convictions are formed by principles. For a moment, just stay with me. Jesus was the most principled leader, not belligerent, principled leader ever to walk the earth. He lived totally, utterly by his principles. When he was tested by Satan, tempted by Satan, he lived by principles. And when the crowds and his intimate disciples tried to sway him, he would not be swayed. I love this. A person of principle feels the important, importance of sticking to certain values, beliefs and actions, regardless of the consequences. Regardless of the consequences. And this is the point. Esther, which we'll come on to, she was brave. She was principled. She was principled, even though she knew the possible outcome. My mind goes to Rosa Parks. We all know it if we've done history, American history. The American civil rights activist. And she was a seamstress. I know we know her name, but she was pretty unknown, unfaceless before this. And they dub her the mother of the modern day civil rights movement. She was famed for a refusal on 1st of December 1955 to obey the bus driver, James Blake's demand that she relinquish her seat for a white man. I am so glad she did to bring back the scales of injustice and prejudice that we don't look at the colour of a person's skin. And I want to say again, guys, if you're leaning into arena and you're from difficult backgrounds or people, I want to tell you, you're loved, you're welcome. You're loved and you're welcomed. God loves you and he welcomes. I always say the caveat though, he loves you as you are, but he loves you too much to leave you as you are. The sin of our lives, he wants to unravel. But you are loved and you are welcome. So as I draw this to a close, this point to a close about bravery, I think it's important that we understand that this is a time for us to be brave, to be bold and for us to be courageous. I haven't asked you to tap too much. Why don't you put those three words down? Brave, bold, courageous. You may say, that's not me. (laughs) Have you seen me? No, you've heard It's not about the size, not about the strength. It's about what's at your core. What are you convinced about? And this is a time not for us to shrink back. Arena Church, I'm not plotting our exit out of this timidly. I'm doing it boldly and courageously. God's with us. I'm not doing it stupidly. 
I live in the reality of what we're facing. I live in the reality of people could be losing their jobs and are losing their jobs, that people are dying. I understand that. But this is not a time to be timid. This is a time for bold leadership. And by God's grace, we'll give you that. The team here, we wanted to be bold. We wanted to be wise. Mandela said this, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not the one who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. I'm sure Esther felt very afraid. There's been times I've felt very afraid. I've felt very alone. I thought, oh my goodness, what have, we, what have we walked into here? Even in Arena Church, oh my goodness, what have we walked in? What have we done? Oh my goodness. But in those moments, it's not a time to be fearful and timid and retreat. It's a time to be bold in God. We should stand up for what we believe in and we should stand out for what we were created for. So as I close, three things that Esther did under this bravery title. Esther was brave. And I want to encourage you like she, be brave in your walk. Be brave in your walk. It says in the scriptures that we've read together, everyone, she said, everyone who works for the king here and even the people out in the provinces know that there's a single fate for every man or woman who approaches the king without being invited. Death. She knew her going to the king could lead to a death. But let me tell you, she was brave in her walk. She knew, even though we don't see God in it, she, she knew she would have heard about God's deliverance. She would have heard about God's strength and God's power. And you are here today and you don't know much about God. You've lived your life with, through coincidences and following all kinds of things. But let me tell you, there has been God who's been behind the scenes and he goes before you. He is in control of everything. And as a result of that, she was brave in a walk. And I want to tell you, those who are on the broadcast today from Arena Church, I want to encourage you in this season to be brave in your walk. To know that God goes before you. To know that God is with you. To know that God hems you in from behind and goes before you. Can you believe that? Can I get a yes? Yeah, I can get a yes. It's great when you preach to yourself. Everybody always agrees with you. It's wonderful. Secondly, be brave in your witness. Be brave in your witness. This is what Mordecai said to her. Who knows, Queen Esther, that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Everybody is saying, what has happened with this pandemic? COVID-19 has took everybody by surprise. But who knows that the church is here for such a time as this. Can I raise a hallelujah? Can I raise a shout of praise? I believe it with all my heart. We are planted in Belper, in Mansfield, in Ilkeston, in Nottingham, in Toulouse for such a time as this. I'm not sorry about my passion in this moment. I believe it. God is on the throne. He is sovereign. He is working His purposes out for our God. And I believe it in Jesus' name. We need to be brave in our witness. Remember Jesus said in Matthew 10 verse 32, if you openly and publicly acknowledge me.
but a confidence of trust. Be brave in your witness, church. Be brave in your witness. But also, she was brave in her words. She was brave with her words. I love this. She said, fast and pray for me. You remember the ping pong? Last thing she said, fast and pray for me. And when this is done, after the three days, I will go to the king. And even though it's against the law, and if I perish, I perish. These were not just some whim of words. This was a bravery with her words. She believed it. She was precise. She knew that she could lose a life by going to the king, standing before him. But she was bold with the words. There was a conviction and a principle in her heart. And she said, if I perish, I perish. Now, what I'm not saying is we stupidly walk in amongst the streets, amongst the people, and we say, you know, uh, COVID-19 is not going to touch me. That would be stupid, by the way. Guys, that would be stupid. We need to stay safe. We need to do what we're being advised. Even if you're not in full agreement. But I'm saying there needs to be a bravery with our words, a confidence in God. And by the way, 1 Peter 3 verse 15 says that we should always be prepared prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Listen to me. Let our witness and let our words marry up. May we live differently. May we tell people about Jesus. May we be bold in our faith. Her walk, her words, her witness all matched up. And she was a brave, unsung hero. Can you do that? I think you can. I think you've got it in you. I really believe everybody's got it in them. Her walk, her words, her witness, they all matched up. And she was a brave, unsung hero. You'll have to read the story yourself. You may say, was there the deliverance? You've got to read it for yourself, but let me just say in one word, yes. God broke in. You see, divine moments alter circumstances. They are seize the day kind of moments. You're in one now. You were listening to me. You've done right to the end. You're in one now. This is a seize the moment. Today is the day of salvation. But also for other people, you've not been brave and you thought that's just for those strong, powerful leader types. No, it's for all of us. It's not about the size. It's not about the speed. It's not about the wisdom. It's not about the agility. Remember, God chose and God uses the nobodies. It's not those who are handy with their fists. It's not those who are braver and cleverer. No, no, no. It's those people who are brave in that moment. People who are brave, who will stand out will announce to the world that they're a follower of Jesus and their trust is in him. So as I draw this broadcast to a close, I can't help myself. I want to say to you today, you need to lean into God. If you want to give your life to Jesus, if you want to ask him and begin the journey, just the beginning of following him, if you know that your sin has been weighing you down, if you know that your life is a mess, I want to tell you Jesus is the answer and his grace is amazing. Yes, he will cleanse you, even you prisoner, even you abuser, even you who's got a long list of sins, yes, he comes to every single one of us, lovingly forgives us and restores us. Why don't you pray this prayer with me today? If you are reaching out to God, Jesus, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong. I ask that you would come into my life. I ask that you would forgive me. I ask that you'd give me a brand new start. 
I acknowledge you as my Lord and as my Saviour and as my Master. And I'm going to go public with you. I'm going to go public with you. So do everything that you need to do in my life in this moment, in Jesus' name. Amen. There's, there's something now that's come on your screen. It just simply says, raise your hand. If you've responded to Jesus, don't delay, don't hold back. Please lean into God. Just you know, press it. If you're listening to it through YouTube, in this moment, pray that prayer. Ask Jesus to be Lord of your life. And then secondly, once you've responded, can I ask you just connect with somebody there? It will help you. If you're listening to it later on YouTube, just send an email into Arena Church and we'll help you. But lastly, just before I close, I'm mindful that we want to be brave, don't we? We want to be courageous. Arena Church, I'm praying over you. Boldness and courage, protection, health, strength be yours. So why don't we just close our eyes in this moment. I'm gonna stretch my hands towards you. Father, I pray that as we come out of this pandemic, that we would be brave, that we would be strong, that we would live with principles. I pray that we would be brave in all those areas and you would raise up an army of unsung heroes, people who are making a difference wherever they work, live and uh, study. And Father, I just pray that your presence would go before us and you would be with us in Jesus' name. Lord, touch every sick person, heal every mind. Lord, deliver people, I pray. May they have a divine moment in this moment in Jesus' name. Amen. As always, I've loved being with you. I hope you've loved it as much as I've loved it. I really have. But I want to say to you, we love you. We believe in you. We're standing with you. God bless you.